Welcome to the ProVest Perspective with Noel Swain, CFP, and host Pamela Lida. Noel is an investment advisor with Cambridge Investment Research, a monthly columnist for the Spartanburg Herald Journal newspaper, and has been interviewed many times on NPR. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready for some straightforward, honest talk. Now, here's Noel Swain and host Pamela Lida. Hello and welcome to the ProVest Perspective. We want to thank you so much for joining us today. As we enter the Christmas season, we're all using our credit cards. Unfortunately, other people want to use those same credit cards. So we're going to talk today about frauds and scams, and we've got a couple of guests here with us. Noel, would you like to introduce them? Hello, Pamela. This is going to be a special show today. It is completely unscripted. We've got a couple of guests. We know that coming up on Christmas season is the time not only that we feel the Christmas cheer and the Christmas spirit and we try to get into it, but scammers, it's especially busy time for them because our defenses seem to be lowered a little bit, and especially, especially seniors. Today we have two very special guests. They've been helpful to me. I've known Bill for several years now. He'll have a story to tell you a little bit later on about how he saved me a pile of money on my cell phone bill. But his name is Bill Vickery. He has a company he named Just Call Bill. I think that's sort of unique. (laughs) And it's a company that provides technology services to mainly senior adults. You know, as we get older, we don't keep up with the technology like the young people do. You know, the young people, when it comes to a cell phone, it's like it's implanted in them or something, like it's welded to them. And as we get older, sometimes I just leave my cell phone at office and I don't see it until I come back the next day. I don't mean to leave it there. I just do because it's not really a part of me like it is with a lot of the young people. So today we're going to be talking about scams and frauds and things that you should be really looking out for. Because we help people manage their money, but you got to have money there to manage, and it can't get all gone. And the other day, Bill was over, and his coworker Teresa Bryant, were over at the house, and they were helping me and my wife update her computer and things. And they were telling us some stories, and I said, this needs to be told on the radio. I mean, this needs to be told on the radio. So let me go ahead and introduce Bill Vickery and Teresa Bryant, and let them tell you a little bit about what they do and how they go about doing it, and then he'll give you some of his contact information. And we'll talk first about telephone scams, because this is his special, and this is where he works. So, Bill? Well, thanks, Noel. I appreciate being here today. It's always fun to see you and Pamela and get reacquainted, but you're right. This time of year is a great time of year for the holidays, but also I always say it's bad people doing bad things to good people. And that's what the scams are. And just like you mentioned earlier, most of the scams start with a piece of technology. And typically, the first one is a cell phone. I always talk to seniors. I said, you know, when you raised your children, you taught your children not to speak to strangers. Kind of that stranger danger. Well, now as we're older and we are now the strangers to technology, Well, I always say, well, don't talk to strangers when someone calls you, because if you do, that's where a scam will start. So with as easy as a phone call. And so I always say that the easiest way never to be scammed on the phone 
Never. It's simple, but most people won't do it. Don't answer the phone unless you know who it is. And people say, well, what do you mean? I said, well, like earlier, as we're sitting here, we're seeing scam likely and potential scam, the filters from the phone people. Right. Bill, when we grew up, though, I mean, I grew up on a farm and we had a 10 party line. That means there were 10 people on that same line. And if the phone rang, it was a mystery who it was. And if they were calling you, then they needed to talk to you. So you picked it up. That's still inside of us. So how do you get out of that habit of answering the phone whenever somebody's trying to call you? Well, you know, and it's absolutely right. Because so at the house, you know, back in the day, the phone was on the wall and there was a cord. And when it rang, we never knew who it was. You always answered. But now the technology has come to where, especially on your cell phone and even a landline at the house, there's caller ID. And especially in your phone, you have to take the time to put your contacts in your phone, meaning family, friends, financial advisor, lawyer, what have you. The people that call you. Absolutely. And if it is no name associated with that number, it's just an area code and a number, or it says United States calling. But typically, people are more apt to answer an 864 phone number because that's where we live. And... The answer is still no, you don't answer unless you see a name pop up on the screen because they will leave a message if it is important. If it's a new doctor, if it's the guy that's cutting the grass or someone that's providing you a service and you forgot to put them in your phone, they will leave a message on the answering machine. But it's interesting. The bad guys are not leaving messages because they want you to call them. And once you start talking, they have an incredible skill set that they will work you and ask questions to get you talking. And it might be especially a senior. Well, I'm kind of lonely. I haven't talked to anybody in a while. This person seems really nice. Well, they know all the right questions to ask and how to be nice because eventually what they want is your money and your identity. And if they can get both, then I call it the double header. They've done well, but not in a good way. And it's because you or us have let them do it. But most of the time, the scams will start with a phone call, a text message, or an email. That's true. That's true. It always comes in. I know that a few months ago, I had a telephone call from someone who left a message. They said, a warrant has been issued at the Spartanburg County Sheriff's Department in your name because we are from the IRS and we're trying to get in touch with you and we've been trying to touch base with you. So call this number. So I called the number. It was a very Caribbean-sounding accent on the guy with a lot of noise in the background. And he said his name was something like Joe Smith or some very American-sounding name with a very Caribbean accent. And I was skeptical, of course. So I started talking to him, and he said, well, you owe $4,739 from 2011 taxes. I said, really? He said, would you like to come to Washington, D.C. to pay it, or would you like to handle it over the phone? I said, what do you mean? He said, well, we've been authorized as a convenience to make it to where you can just pay by credit card over the phone if you like. And so I said, well, I'd actually prefer to just go down to my local IRS office and pay it there. They said, well, this is a special task force. They don't know about it downtown. 
And so I kept him on the line a little bit longer, and you know, and I was just playing around with him, and he finally realized that I was on to him, so he just hung up. But that's what people do. And I know that we have a tendency to give information out that we really, really shouldn't. Teresa, I know that you've got some real hair-raising story that you told me last week about a client that got you on the phone and they were being scammed as you were talking to them. Yes. I had a client give me a call. His wife called me and I answered the phone and in the background, her husband was on uh, another phone call with a scam artist and it started innocent enough. He wanted to get a credit report because he and his son were going to get a loan to do something together. So he called the number And the person that he got on the line, it was the correct number. I went back and checked. Once I got over there, he called the call center for a credit report, maybe Equifax or something like that. Legitimate company, legitimate phone number. The person he got on the phone said, oh, hold on, you've got the wrong department and transferred him. When he transferred him, he transferred him over to another scam artist within that same call center, someone that was more skilled. That person then proceeded to log into his computer, you know, ask him to give him access so he could do what he needed to do. And this fella, assuming he'd called a legitimate company, gave him access to his computer. So the fella logged in, not only logged into his computer, but logged into his retirement account. Now, this man has a wife and children that I'm sure he wants to leave his money to. He has a decent retirement. He's intelligent. He's active. He plays tennis, card games, A lot of people want to assume that, oh, well, seniors don't have their wits about them, so they do stupid things. That's not the case. This guy's very intelligent, retired professional. There was nothing about him that would say he does not have his wits about him. He just thought he had called the right person, and he followed what they told him to do. And a lot of Americans will do that. We're very trusting, especially in this part of the country. And like you said, we give out too much information because... On average, people are not out to harm us. But when you're talking and dealing with strangers over the phone, you don't know who you're talking to. You don't know where they're sitting. You might be able to tell a little bit by the accent, by the fake name, by the noise in the background, whatever. But we do need to be much more careful to who we're giving information to. But basically, this fellow got logged into his retirement and his banking and his Amazon account. Luckily, his wife called me. I told him to hang up the phone immediately, freeze all his accounts, and give me 20 minutes to get there. And luckily, I was able to get over there and get into all his accounts, change all the passwords, all the secret questions, every detail, you know, login, password, secret questions, and lock them out of the account. And in the meantime, I checked his telephone. And you know how accounts will sometimes give you a notification when something's trying to get into your account? He had over 25 notifications where they had been hitting his account every couple of moments, literally back to back. It was like bing, bing, bing. And I'm reading these texts. Every one of them, they were hitting the account for 500, 700, 800, 300, 500. They were testing it to see if they could get it. And if they could have gotten in, if his wife hadn't called me, that man would have been wiped out. He would have been completely broke, not a penny to his name. But, Teresa, he called a legitimate number. How does that work? How do you call a legitimate number and get a scam artist? Unfortunately, America is a rich country. And these call centers in some of these other countries, they have now set it up as a career 
There are young men and women over there that are proud. Their parents are proud of them because they can make more money in a week doing that than they can with an MBA. So the call centers themselves, there's some articles online with some of the news companies around the world. They have been caught that the call centers themselves are run by scam artists and the people working for them are scam artists and they partner with big name companies. And, you know, those of us calling HP, Dell, et cetera, you know, different big name companies, not always, but we risk getting a scam artist on the phone. We're talking today with Teresa Bryant and Bill Vickery uh, about frauds and scams. Unfortunately, this is very prevalent this time of year. And Teresa, you were talking about how you can actually call a legitimate phone number and still get a scam artist. Can you tell us what you actually really think about foreign call centers? Definitely. At this point, I'm just not for them. You know, if you were to call someone locally or you had a local business here, scam you, take advantage of you, whatever, you can call the police and you can tell them where to go. When it comes to scams happening overseas, we're not going to send officers overseas to get your $1,000 back. The only time I've seen anyone go after an overseas call center is they actually scammed millions from a gentleman here in the Greenville area. So literally millions of dollars this man has lost. And of course, the FBI was in there for a couple of weeks trying to figure it out. But the rest of us... Uh, I will say normal folks, you know, we give away a hundred dollars here, a thousand there, five thousand. They're not going to take the time to fool with that for a trip overseas. I really recommend that you find a local computer tech and get to know that person. You can tell when you work with them for a while to see if they're trustworthy. You can call around, check their references. Bill and I, we joke with our clients. It's like, you know where to find us. Now, of course, we would never do that to someone. But the point being, if you use a local technician, you have a recourse if something were to happen to you, you know, if they took your money or something of that nature. Luckily, I don't know of anyone in the area that's doing that. So probably a little harder to be a scam artist than be local. <laughs> exactly. And there's a lot of us out there that are willing to help you. A lot of times you don't know until you call whether it's going to be a local call or not. I know there are some companies that are trying to pull their call centers out of those countries and get them back in the U.S. There's some trying to get them into the U.S. and the Philippines. Those seem to be a little more trustworthy. But it's just a risk. When you call a stranger on the phone, you just don't know if you're going to get the guy that's actually going to genuinely help you on the phone or if you're going to get the one that's like, oh, wait, I have a senior here that doesn't quite know what they're talking about, it'll be really easy to get over on them. And that's the biggest thing. A lot of times you could have two people call the same call center. And let's say I call the call center. They find out real quick. I know what I'm talking about. They won't try to scam me. You have someone sitting right next to me that doesn't know the right questions are asked. They're very, very confused. That same scam person, that same call center will try to scam them. So it has a lot to do with your knowledge and you know, even people like me, I mean, I've had one scam artist on the phone that yeah, I wanted to joke with him and tell him, you know, we had a saying over here about keep your day job. You're not any good at this. But I had another scam artist on the phone one time that actually had me give pause. I had to sit and really think about it. And I realized he was that good. And if he was that good with me, I can't imagine if he'd have gotten one of my seniors on the phone. How do you protect your parents? You know, do you think they might be a little too trusting? They are. I repeat myself so many times, quit answering the phone and don't call that. Call me instead. <laughs> but it is a little more difficult trying to encourage seniors 
you know, I mean, you've lived a long life, you've worked hard, you've survived, you know, once you're a senior, you've done things that the younger generation could not survive through, or they haven't done it yet. So they're going to have this attitude of, I know what I'm doing, you can't tell me what to do, I've lived this long, why should I listen to you? It is a little more difficult trying to encourage them to Please listen. Please don't answer those phone calls. Please call a local. When I'm talking to a service center, one thing I'll do is when I'm talking to somebody, of course, I ask them their name. Now, they don't have to give me their real name. And then I ask them where they are. And if they say they're sitting in South Alabama somewhere, well, then I will know that they probably should have a southern accent. If they're sitting in Boston, Massachusetts, I know they're not going to sound like a Southern, but they're also not going to sound like they live in Barbados either. So I sort of judge it by that, and I want somebody sitting in the United States. In fact, here at the office, here at ProVest, a lot of times our service manager, you know, we get these foreign call centers, you know, for the companies that we're having to deal with. She'll ask where they are, and she'll ask to speak to somebody in the United States. Because she doesn't want to go through the trouble of trying to understand what they're saying because she can't understand the thick accents. And at the same time, she wants somebody that she can get back to if something happens. So it's a great idea to try to find somebody in the United States. But just know, just know, folks, that if you call a call center, there is a chance you're going to still get a scam. I can't believe that. That's just something that just it blows my mind. Oh, it did mine, too. The first time it happened to me, I had a client. I had her trained very well. I told her, if you get a new piece of equipment, do not Google the phone number on the Internet, because those top few things on the Internet, those are advertising. They're paid for. So you can put an ad on their uh, HP phone number. People call it thinking, oh, I just called HP. No, you didn't. I said, get your paperwork that came with your, in her case, was a printer. Call the phone number on that paperwork, which she did. And she ended up getting scammed $250. And I was, initially, I was like, wow, what did she do? That was my thought, first thought. So I ended up checking into it. Come to find out, she called the right number. She just got a scam artist sitting in the HP call center. So luckily, it was a Amex card, and she got her money back. But a lot of people, they're getting smarter about having you send, you know, cashier's checks, money, or anything they can do and not track. Yeah, let me tell you about a gift card. Yeah, gift card scam, yeah. (laughs) I have a brother that, smartest guy I know. He is an actual rocket scientist. I mean, people say, well, it's not rocket science. Well, he knows rocket science. And he was on the phone having trouble with his email. He has a house in Malden. And he was there one time, and he called the Geek Squad because he's got an account with them. He looked them up, called the Geek Squad. They were the wrong people. They had him going to where he was getting $100 visa cards and, and things and, and buying them and reading the number off to them. And his son-in-law is a cybersecurity specialist. And my brother still lost several thousand dollars in that way because he thought he was talking to legitimate people. Yep. So you do need to be careful where you get your telephone numbers from. A lot of times, if you need a company, 
you would look for that company online. We'll use Best Buy as an example. So you'd go to your Best Buy website, bestbuy.com, and then you look either somewhere along the top right or at the very bottom of the page, and you look for the word contact. That's where you get your legitimate phone numbers for companies here in the United States. And again, you may have a contact number even for, we'll use Dell as an example. Dell still has their call centers overseas. So just because you're getting the correct phone number, again, doesn't guarantee that you're getting a honest person on the other end of the line. But at least with our local companies, yes, look for the number on their website. Don't Google the phone number. You'll get an advertising. This is some great information, Trace. I really appreciate you talking with us about it. I think a lot of us know to watch out for incoming calls, but knowing that we need to be very careful about the numbers that we are calling, and if we are calling the correct numbers, to be very particular about, is it legitimate? Is it a scam artist? I guess there's no foolproof way, but we just have to be alert. I think that's the most important thing that we're teaching everyone out here today is just to be alert. Today, we're talking with Bill Vickery and Teresa Bryant from Just Call Bill. And we've been talking about scams up to this point and fraud and fraudulent activity on your telephone and how not to be defrauded and what to do in the case you get calls from scammers. And, you know, a lot of times we don't think we're ever going to be scammed, but good gracious, it's so easy. And we all fall prey to these people because they are so good. If you're holding your smartphone in your hand right now, you've got more technology in your hand than went to the moon the first time we went in 1969 or than what was available. If we'd have had this much technology that we had on Apollo 13, it would not have gone bad. and That moonshot would have landed. So I want to talk to Bill for just a moment and get Bill to tell us some of the things that he does that you should be learning this new technology, learning what you can do to get the most out of your smartphone. Bill? Thanks, Noel. One of the things I find frequently is either children have given their parents or grandparents a smartphone or a piece of technology, or a senior has decided they want a smartphone. And I would say, well, use the right technology that's right for you. I used my dad as a poster child for me a long time that the best phone and piece of technology for him was a flip phone. He wanted to do two things on his phone, make a call and receive a call. And for an 84-year-old guy, that was perfect. But some others want to do other, I'll say, what the cool kids are doing on their smartphone. But what I've found is, just like Noel said, that there's a responsibility you have with your technology. And I refer to technology as it could be a smartphone, a tablet, a computer, and even a television. Because televisions are smart now. And they can connect to the Internet And any one of these can be confusing, enjoyable, and vulnerable. So my philosophy within the company is I want to teach you how to use your technology more confidently, effectively, and safely. You know, like our previous conversation, if you learn how to use it that way, then you're less likely to be scammed. So I offer classes throughout the upstate, either in a group setting or one-on-one at the kitchen table, like we were at your house the other day with you and your wife. We were at the kitchen. Yeah, we were at the kitchen table. For a little while, but <laughs> but we moved to the computer room. That's right. That's right. But I say all of that is, so it's really a, it's a customized approach. I started with a friend of mine in his early 70s that he had a bunch of Apple devices, and he kept asking me how to use a phone and what have you. 
And I said, Mel, there has to be somewhere you can go that you can learn this. And he says, if there was, I would go. So I have to talk to you. And we had kind of a unique relationship. But that being said, there are a few places for seniors to go to learn how to use their technology. So I've created curriculums specifically for iPhone and iPad. I teach at Wofford's Lifelong Learning, the firm at Ollie Campus, Senior Action. Teresa and I go all over the upstate and work with people to learn their technology and actually even provide technology move-in services. So you move in a new house, we can set up the TV and the computers that Spectrum and AT&T will not, and then also be that IT support that we come right to the house and take care of things. And they do a great job, folks, because they were at my house last week. And my wife, who is normally confused, and I can't make her unconfused about this technology, they were able to talk to her in such a way that she actually understood what they were saying. And as much as I try, I can't do that. Well, and I also say this from a standpoint of the children of parents. Many times the children get frustrated because mom and dad or grandma and grandpa come to you and say, can you show me, can you fix, can you do, and I call it the technology tug of war, that this device or piece of equipment goes back and forth to the point where the person that asks is confused and frustrated, and the person they're asking gets frustrated because you've asked them 15 times. And so what we say is just call Bill. Do you remember the commercial on TV where the parents were dropping their teenagers off at grandma and grandpa and they were greeted out on the front porch by grandma and grandpa with armloads of computers and stuff and they dumped it all in the teenagers arms and said, none of this stuff works. <laughs> and that's the way we feel sometimes. None of it works and we don't know how to get it to work. Well, and we're a generation that we didn't grow up with technology like the younger kids today. I sound like my dad, you know, those young kids. But I say all of that, you know, kids that are, let's say, 15 and under, this is what they're used to. They grew up with it. There's a phone in their hand. Bill, they're called whippersnappers. Yeah. (laughs) Jeez, I am sounding like my dad. I I used to be one. Uh Yeah, we all were, right? Yeah. But I say all of that is so it's, it's really important that if you have a piece of technology is to really try to learn it the best you can. But I also say, learn it and use it as much as you want. Because many times I get people say, well, what phone should I buy? Should I buy that new iPhone 14 or that new Android or that new Google? You want to spend $1,200 on a phone, you can. But what if I could show you one that didn't cost as much and that maybe could do everything you want and more, but doesn't cost as much? Or what about a refurbished phone or what have you? So there's other options. So I say that for yourself, if you're thinking of a piece of technology or even at this you know, holiday season, you want to buy a new phone or a tablet or a laptop for mom and dad, make sure it's the right one. You know, expensive doesn't always mean best. Yeah. I was talking to my son last night. You know what he called me? Sprightly. Ooh. <laughs> called me Sprightly. And I said, Sprightly, that's what you call old people. (laughs) He said, "Uh, yeah, I guess so. (laughs) So, yeah, I've gone from whippersnapper to Sprightly. And it seems like during the blink of an eye. And that's why it's so important to be able to have somebody that you can call to help you with technology. 
And it's just good having somebody like Bill and like Teresa that we can use to get in touch with them. And they might be able to answer a question over the phone, but at the same time, they might need to come out and set these things up for you to make them easy to work. Yeah, I just had a phone call on the way here to doing the show that a lady was describing one of Teresa's favorite printer problems. And, well, I can't get it to work. I can't get it to set up. And, well, can you walk me through this on the phone? And I said, well, that's one thing we can't walk through on the phone because mm-hmm. they're all different. We don't know how old it is. There's lots of variables involved. So let's just set up an appointment. We'll come check it out and go from there. Mm. So how do they call Bill if they do want to talk to him, so you can reach us, uh, and I actually answer the phone, so that's why it's just call Bill. So it's area code 864-621-0224. You mind saying that again? Sure. It's just call Bill at 864-621-0224. And we also have a website that you can go and look at justcallbill.net. And we're on Facebook, and we're on LinkedIn. So we're easy to find and get a hold of. And if you don't have a pencil and paper there and you need to talk to him, just call us on our 800 number, 800-277-0025. We can pass along the information, and we certainly don't mind doing that. We actually enjoy referring out to people that we have vetted that we know that are good for our clients. We certainly don't mind referring, and we refer people to other professionals all the time because technology is not my thing. Matter of fact, I need Bill. I need Teresa sometimes. And so it's important that we share information. If somebody's talking to Bill about investments and things, hopefully he'll say, well, I know this guy over in Spartanburg. (laughs) Yeah, because that's not me. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's what we do. This has been an interesting show so far. We've talked about credit card scans. We've talked about telephone scans. We've talked about all the ways that other people want your money, and they don't want to have to work for it. We work very hard for our money during our lives, and we put some up, and then there's people that come along, and they want to take it away from you. They want your money that you have worked so hard for to wind up in their account. That's not fair, but it's getting easier and easier and easier for people to get to you and to scam you out of your life savings. I just got something in today from my bank. And it talked about their credit card. And this goes for every credit card, not just this bank's credit card. You should never give your personal information out to people who may contact you unsolicited by phone, email, or otherwise. We've been talking about that. If you get an email from Amazon and it says your account has been locked, delete it. No, that's not true. Don't worry about it. Don't think you got to call somebody. Just delete it. Avoid opening attachments and clicking on links within emails or text messages from people or organizations you don't know. I'd even say from organizations, for the most part, that you do know. Because a lot of organizations are not those organizations. They're frauds. They're pretending to be those. Just like I said about Amazon. They're pretending to be Amazon. They're not Amazon. So don't do it. Don't respond to pressure tactics urging you to take action. Like a little while ago when I talked about getting a text that said a warrant had been issued for my arrest. No, 
I am the easiest person in the world to find. I come to work. I go home. I might go out to eat occasionally. If you were trying to find me, you'd be able to find me. I'm not that hard to find. You know, somebody says, well, we've been trying to reach you, so we had to issue this warrant for your arrest. No, that's a lie. That's not going to work. Be wary of information from seemingly legitimate sources that encourage or require you to log in to view information or provide personal identifying information. There's a guy that called me one time and he said, will you please look at this? I think it's a scam, but will you please look at it? And I pulled it up. And I had to click on a presentation. 75 minutes into that presentation, he had not yet gotten to what he was selling. So I went ahead and clicked out of it and wrote back and told the guy, I don't think it's legitimate at all. They got to take that long to tell you what it is. But I have been getting emails from these people and I keep unsubscribing. I keep blocking them. I keep putting them into my mail and they keep changing their name of their email and sending it to me again. The only way I'm going to be able to get out of that is if I change my email address. That's it. So don't ever click on anything that says something like, we walked into a meeting with Elon Musk and you wouldn't believe what happened next. Click here to find out. No, don't click there to find out. You won't like it. And finally, don't share your ID logins and your passwords with anybody. Write them down somewhere. Put them analog. Put them in a notebook. You got to work as hard as you can to make sure to make sure that your property is protected, because the only way I can manage your money is if you have money to manage. And I don't want it to be taken from you in any kind of illicit way. So getting back to the stories, I know, Teresa, you have had so many incidences where people have been taken advantage of and you've been able to save people from being taken advantage of, right? Yes, yes. I'm kind of like you. I don't care how much money you have. I just want to help you hold on to it. You've worked hard for it, and I don't want it being stolen by someone that's lazy and no conscience. So, yeah, multiple stories. Unfortunately, I've had a few people that I don't meet them until after they've given away their money. But luckily, I've had a few clients that I was in the right place at the right time or answered the phone at the right time, and I was able to stop it. I think what you're doing is God's work. I really do. I think what you and Bill are doing every day to help people keep their hard-earned assets, to keep the money that they work so hard for, I honestly do believe it's God's work. And you can get in touch with Bill and Teresa because she works with him by calling 864 621 zero two two four that's eight six four six two one zero two two four we've been talking about frauds and scams and a lot of things today that are interesting and this information is good but bill you do a lot of other things tell us about some of the other things that you can help people with sure no it's interesting the scams is the number one issue i see with seniors that they face it's just so prevalent as we talked about The second most common problem is managing their usernames and passwords. There's a whole class and a program that I teach how to do that and actually a product that I have available. So I'll disagree with you a little. It is their stuff, but eventually the kids are going to have to deal with it. And if they don't write down that information, it's a horrible experience. And we could do a whole show just on that. But I say all of that, working with people, it's really come to 
building a high level of trust and they come to me and say, so what can you tell me about this Uber thing? Once they've learned how to use their technology more confidently, effectively, and safely, then I feel more comfortable teaching them about other things to use their technology. So ride sharing is one. Facebook, what is it and why do they use it? Another prime area where seniors and people get scammed is Facebook because they think they're friends and they're not their friends. So there's other things like how to save money on your cell phone bill. And we talked about that earlier. You did that for me. Oh, and another thing, after you left the other day, after you and Teresa left the other day from the house on Saturday, Wanda was able to order DoorDash food and we had it delivered and she was so proud of it. Oh, I bet. That's very cool. But, you know, technology is being used so much. And as the kids of seniors, they're more comfortable with the technology. And so they're almost demanding their parents to say, hey, we'll order food or go shopping. But a big, more popular one, and it started during the pandemic, was what about using your technology for your health care? Telemed appointments, meaning you don't have to go to the doctor's office. You can sit in your jammies at the kitchen table and use your phone or your computer. What about my chart? So I do a whole program on the introduction of technology and healthcare. Going to work with some uh, healthcare agencies. There's, you know, how to use Zoom, how to put your medical ID on your phone. I have a fun one I'm doing right now. It's Dear Santa, I want a new phone. This time of year, you know, you're thinking about buying a gift for someone or maybe even treating yourself to a new phone or a gadget or a gizmo. So I do all the research for you. And this is how much it costs and what it looks like and where to find it. Yeah, all I have is Gidgets. Gidgets? (laughs) And Moondoggies, too? (laughs) If you're old enough, you'll know what we're talking about. (laughs) So there's really all sorts. One of the fun classes Teresa and I do is called Tech Talk. And we do these classes at senior living communities where seniors gather, church groups, what have you. But the Tech Talk one is we basically show up and you ask us questions whatever you want about anything in your technology. So between the two of us, we can answer most of them. And if not, then we'll look it up right there while we're talking with you. So we make that as a resource for you. And that's really where my business has evolved is to be an advocate and a resource in the community to help seniors and their families with their technology. Well, as you can hear, technology can be a fabulous tool, but you just have to be really careful because with this technology comes potential for frauds and scams. And we hope you've learned a lot today about those possibilities. And be sure and check out our website. We've got a lot of information on our website, elder abuse against frauds and scams, email scams that Noel's done a show on. So the website address for that is www.theprovestperspective.com. Again, our website address is www.theprovestperspective.com provestperspective.com. And if you have any questions on anything we've talked about, if you didn't get Bill's phone number, just give us a call on our radio number, 800-277-0025. Again, 1-800-277-0025 is the number if you call about any questions what we've discussed today. So we hope you have enjoyed today's Provest Perspective with Pamela Light and Noah Swain and guests Bill Vickery and Teresa Bryant. We'll be back with more information, but until then, don't just invest. Provest. And thanks for listening to the Provest Perspective Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. For more information on Noel Swain CFP or this episode, visit theprovestperspective.com. 
Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and Provost Wealth Advisors are not affiliated. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Investing involves risk. Depending on the types of investments, there may be varying degrees of risk. Investors should be prepared to bear loss, including total loss of principal. Indices mentioned during this broadcast are unmanaged and cannot be invested in directly. When we state that we're investing in the S&P 500, Russell 2000, and other indexes, we mean that we invest in funds that mimic the index, not the index itself. Diversification and asset allocation strategies do not always assure profit or protect against loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investing regular amounts steadily over time, dollar cost averaging, may lower your average per share cost. Periodic investment programs cannot guarantee profit or protect against loss in a declining market. Dollar cost averaging is a long-term strategy involving continuous investing, regardless of fluctuating price levels, and as a result, you should consider your financial ability to continue to invest during periods of fluctuating price levels. Tax-free withdrawals or tax-free income reference are dependent on terms and conditions that vary based on the product or investment selected. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., registered broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC.